and welcome to the Deep Pockets and Stilettos podcast. I'm your host, Lorianne, and my goal is to help women feel empowered and in control of their financial lives. On this podcast, we discuss concrete advice on how to move forward in your financial journey, whether you are already advanced or starting from scratch. And we also dive into mindset shifts around money that are critical for financial success. So if you want to take charge of your finances and feel inspired and empowered, go ahead and give it a listen. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Deep Pockets and Stilettos podcast, where we talk about money mindset and investing. In honor of episode 10 of the podcast, I have some news I just started an Instagram account for the podcast and would love it if you could follow. It's at DPS pod, D like David, P like Peter, S like Sarah, and pod like the first three letters of podcast. But I will put the link in the show notes. To be completely honest, it was really hard for me to create the account because social media and posting do not come naturally to me at all. So I had to overcome so much resistance to start the account and put content out there. My main motivation to create the Instagram account was to open a channel of communication with you, my listeners, so you could tell me what subjects you want me to cover on the podcast, if you have any questions that you'd like me to look into specifically, or if you want to share your experiences with me because you think they might help others. Now, I have to do a little disclaimer here that legally I cannot provide personalized financial advice, but any topic, discussion, comments, feedback that are general are welcome, and I am so glad to be chatting with you in the future on the Instagram My goal is really to create a community of women where we can discuss financial topics openly and help each other out with our personal challenges and experiences. So I really hope to see you there. But in the meantime, let's get into today's episode. Today is going to be the first part of a two-part series about budgeting and tips to stick to it. So today we'll get into the first part of this episode series on how to create a budget. There are many different ways to create a budget, but I think there is power in simplification. So I just wanted to go over the two ways that I think would work for 99% of people to create a budget. The first way is the classic 50-30-20 framework or a more organized approach to setting up a budget. In this framework, you basically split your after-tax income in the following percentages. 50% goes for necessities. So that's basically what you need to live. So think of as this as housing, your rental mortgage, groceries, basic utilities such as electricity, heat, water, internet, your transportation needs like public transportation or the cost of gas if you have a car, your insurance, any debt repayments that you need to pay monthly. For example, if you're repaying student loans and childcare, if you have children, these are the best basic necessities that you need to live. Now, I don't want you to get too fixated on the number because for instance, if you live in a high cost of living area, 
Don't be alarmed if your necessities are higher than 50% of your take-home pay. In New York, for instance, your rent might be 50% of your take-home pay without even counting other necessities. I know as crazy as it may sound, this is the reality for many people who live in high cost of living areas. So don't worry and do not get too fixated on the exact numbers. It might just mean that you need to adjust the other two categories that will follow to match more your current circumstances or your current living situation. Another important thing to note is that 50% is not a target or a goal, but rather an ideal maximum, meaning that even if you are at under 50% of your take-home pay for your necessities, you should still aim at reducing your fixed living expenses so you can free up some money and maximize the other spend categories. So now let's look at those other categories. 30% is fun money. That's basically everything that is not a need. Subscriptions, dinners out, traveling, clothing, all the things that you like to spend on to enjoy your life. And we'll get into more of the tips and money management tips next week. But a good thing here is to really be discerning with how you spend your fun money. Again, it's about knowing yourself and choosing the categories that are more important for you. Maybe you're, you love like nice clothes, but you really don't care about going to restaurants. Maybe it's the opposite for you. Maybe you want to spend all of your discretionary money on travel. The bottom line is to choose the categories that are important for you so you can spend in alignment with what you value most. And the third category is 20% for savings and investing. And obviously that depends on your investing and savings goals. For instance, you could do a split down the middle, 10% for savings for a down payment on a house, for instance, and 10% in a 401k or a brokerage account. And opposite as the 50% in the first category, 20% here is a goal. And if you're not there yet, you know, again, don't be hard on yourself it's totally okay to work your way up from, you know, 5% savings, even 1% savings to 10, 15, 20% and then some and to exceed that goal of 20%. Going back to the first example of a high cost of living area, maybe you need to spend 60 or 70% of your paycheck on your needs and that leaves you with 30% and you choose to allocate 15% to your fun money, and 15% to your investing money. The bottom line is there are many ways to modify this framework to your personal needs, and this serves more as a basis for the main three categories of expenses you might have to budget for. So don't get too fixated on the percentages. The sweet spot here is to embrace the discipline to spend within budget and to invest and save to achieve your goals without having a rigidity that weighs you down in your daily life because that's not the goal. We don't want you to be miserable. Life is meant to be enjoyed and as I say very often, it's all about striking a balance between living in the present 
and saving and investing for your future self. So now let's look at the second budget method and my personal favorite and the one I use, and that is to reverse engineer your spending based on your investment goals, or it's also known as pay yourself first. While in the first budget method, you take a look at first your necessities, then your discretionary expenses, and then your savings and investing within a certain goal, this one works in reverse. You first set your target investment percentage and then take it out of your paycheck first, aka pay yourself first. And then whatever is left has to work for both your necessities and your wants or your fund money. And the best way to do this is to automate it so it's out of your bank account before you can see it or touch it. I personally love this approach because it gives you so much freedom. Once you know you've hit your number, you are free to do whatever you want with the money left. Obviously, that still has to cover your necessities, right? So you need to be mindful about it. But other than that, it gives you such a huge confidence boost at the beginning of the month to know that you've hit your investment target. And it also removes any guilt you might have with your spending. This is the approach I personally use and I truly resonate with it because I think there's a lot of guilt that is created around the budget conversation. For example, some things are regarded as frivolous, like getting your daily latte or cappuccino or buying expensive shoes. And especially those uh, shameful spending habits are more geared towards women. All these messages force us to second guess ourselves all the time and disempower us. We don't trust ourselves to spend our money and it puts pressure on the entire budget conversation. But it doesn't have to be like that. Money should be regarded as a tool to get the life you want. Once you save up for your future self, you are free to utilize the money that's left to live the life you want in the present. In short, your investment goal is your North Star. Set a percentage you want to achieve for your investments every month. Take it out of your paycheck first. The best is to automate it via a 401k, for instance, or make regular payments to a brokerage account or a savings account if you have a savings goal as well. And then spend the money that's left for one, your necessities, and two, as you please, because it's your fun money. Now, how do you set that investing goal and saving goal? The short answer is it is obviously very personal to you. But my advice here is to be as ambitious as you possibly can. The more you invest now, the more your money has time to grow with more compound interest periods. A very good goal for most people should be 20% of your take-home pay. If you're under that, no worries, your goal is to work your way up there. If you're over 20% already, your goal should be to save more every year. Even if it's just 1% more every year, over time it will make a difference. And most importantly, 
in the short term, it will make a difference in you trusting yourself to take care of your money and will give you confidence because you were able to keep the promises you made to yourself. So which budget method should you choose? I'd say it's very dependent on your personality. Maybe you're someone who needs more organization and clear-cut categories with clear-cut numbers. So in that sense, maybe the first framework would work better for you with you tailoring the percentages to yourself. Maybe you're like me and you just like to know that you've done something right to get the psychological and confidence boost at the beginning of every month, but then you want to choose whatever you do with what's left. So I would say it's really dependent on your personality. So be honest with yourself and what you like in general and how you function, because the goal here is to set yourself up for success. So choosing a method that is more tailored to you and how you operate is really the key to a budget working for you here. I hope this episode was helpful and I was able to debunk the myth that a budget has to be a very complicated and crazy looking spreadsheet. It can be as simple as you deciding what method to use, setting out the numbers for your categories in the first method or your investment goal in the second method, writing them down on a sheet of paper or in the notes app on your phone and then sticking to it. But sticking to it is actually the most important part of the budget. And that's what we're going to get into in the second part of this episode series. So stay tuned and I will see you at the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to rate and leave a review. It's the best way to help the podcast grow and get discovered by other women like you that are looking to take their financial game to the next level. Also, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episode. I'll see you next time. And in the meantime, remember, take action to materialize the life you want. The information contained in this podcast is not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as financial, legal, and tax advice. I am not an attorney, accountant, or financial advisor, nor am I holding myself out to be. And the information contained here is not a substitute for financial advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation.